Alrighty, folks, we are back. Another episode of the Uppercut Podcast. I'm here with Mikey and Jeff, as always, and we're going to start off with a newish segment we've never done before. We're going to start off by talking about some dark horse title contenders, and then we're going to give our top pound for pound fighters, and then we're going to talk about fighters who have gained steam and lost traction in 2022. And then at the end, we're going to talk about which KO, if any, is more shocking than Leon's. And then after that, we're going to be doing a quick review of this upcoming UFC fight night, Cyril Gone versus Tied to Avisa. That's going to be an absolute banker card. So, yeah, let's get into it, boys. Um, starting off, let's start off with the first three uh, weight classes. So, Jeff, that's you, I believe. Uh, let's let's hear your dark horses for each of them. Yeah, uh, just I got the first one, which is flyweight. Yes. And for flyweight, I'm definitely thinking Pantoja or Ascar. I mean, Pantoja, they've both lost to the, like, top guys in the division. Ascar losing to Kai and Pantoja. He's lost to Kai as well and what you call it, and Figueredo. But I, I don't – I mean, they're the only ones I can really pick because that aren't obvious because Kai, he's not going to get a title shot, like, immediately after getting destroyed by Brandon Moreno. And getting his fucking liver obliterated. So, I mean, it's just going to be Figgy or Brandon for a while till I guess one of these two get a shot. Yeah, that's fair. So, I picked Ricky Simone, and that was – I wanted to pick Marab, but it seemed almost like a little too – kind of almost too obvious. But uh, after seeing Marab control grapple Aldo and kind of just put him in his place this past, well, two weeks ago now – and all the success we've seen in that division between like Dillashaw and, you know, Dominic Cruz, a couple other guys coming in, having their control grappling, having great success with it. I mean, he showed that last outing first Jack Shore that he can do it himself. He fucking power bombed in mid fight. He's shown the past couple of fights before that, that he can strike with anyone too. He's outstruck all five of his last opponents and, uh, He's 27. He doesn't look to be slowing down anytime soon. So I expect him to keep, or 29, sorry, expect him to keep climbing this ladder. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I had flyweight, and for me, this or sorry, not flyweight, featherweight. And honestly, this is a cop out answer, but I just don't think there's really a dark horse in this in this division. Um, it, it's it's got to be Volk. I mean, Volk is top of the game right now. I've never seen anyone look better than him. Uh, he's, in my opinion, pound for pound best fighter right now. He's just looking so sharp. I don't see anyone that's going to come and touch him. I really think that Max Holloway, if Volk didn't exist, Max Holloway would be the top fighter at this division, but Volk does exist. And I think Holloway is better than the other guys as well. So just seeing how Holloway looks when he fights Volk, I just don't see a dark horse coming and touching Volk until he gets a little bit older and, you know, suffers more injuries or, just you know gets older and his body starts to deteriorate more or he goes up or down in weight class i don't think he'd be going down but i I know he's talked about going up and yeah because of that i know it's a cop-out answer i just don't see him uh you know having a dark horse someone that's going to come and take his title i think i actually i think i know one for that division here let's hear it because volk he's probably he's campaigning for the backup spot. I don't know if he got it or not for the Oliveira-Islam fight. So assuming that 
no matter what, he's fighting 155 next. It's yeah. what we're thinking. So they're going to make an interim title. It's going to be Josh Emmett versus Yair probably for that interim title. So I'm thinking Emmett's definitely winning that fight. So I'm thinking Josh Emmett as a good dog horse for that division. That's a that's a fair one, and uh, that would be yeah, and that makes sense. Uh, that would be of course Volk leaving the division. So yeah, that's a, that's a good one for sure. I, I was just thinking like if he stays, uh, I just don't see anyone touching him. But yeah, Josh Emmett's a good dark horse one for sure. Okay, so the next division is lightweight, and that was me again. And for this one, I think my dark horse here is Makachev. Uh, I'm just a big fan of his. I like his stand up and his ground game and I could I could see him um becoming champion here. I know that's not a super crazy dark horse, but I just I, I think he's got really legitimate odds to do so. Uh he's fighting Oliver and that that one's an Abu Dhabi, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I I I I know um it's not smart to count out Olivera before you just watch him fight. And I'm a huge Olivera fan and I, I I hope he gets it done, but honestly, Makachev fits pretty nicely against Oliveira, and I could see him getting the job done, and that's why he's my dark horse uh, for this division. Next division, welterweight, that one's also me. For this one, this one is, is another kind of cop-out answer, but it's got to be Kamzat. He's he's not a dark horse at all, but depending on how well he handles Nathan Diaz, you know, uh, that's going to be – if he if he handles him like he's supposed to, then he's got a streamlined shot to a, a title. Whether that's um, fighting Leon, which I don't think it'll happen, it's probably going to be fighting the winner of Leon versus Usman three. That would be my guess. But either way, yes, Jeff. Uh, yeah, I actually got a pretty decent dark horse for this. All right, let's hear it. This uh, division two. Let's hear it. Oh, fucking Jorge Mavidal. No, dude, I think he can talk his way into a fight with Leon. I mean, I, dude, that is the only blemish on Leon right now is that he got his shit fucked up in his hometown by Jorge with the three piece in the soda. So, I mean, why not take that fight if you're Leon and get that shit back? Tell I mean, Usman that, to wait. Usman made you wait how long? True. I mean, I mean, if I'm Leon, I'm taking that fight because, uh, Jorge is, I don't think Jorge wins that at all. I think Jorge, honestly, in my opinion, is probably a little bit washed at this point in his career, I think, just because of the amount of damage he's taken. And he's taken some pretty significant KOs at this point. And he's got a lot of legal stuff right going on right now. I've heard on Ariel Hawani's podcast that um, I believe his manager was on not too long ago talking about the Bo Nickel fight or contract rather. And I believe they either he has the same manager as Bo Nickel or his manager knows Bo Nickel's manager, something like that. But either way, they talked about um, Jorge and how it's tough to get him a fight right now. He's kind of dealing with a bunch of legal stuff. I just I just don't know if it'll happen in time. But I, I can see Leon saying yes and taking that fight because that's a pretty easy fight to take, in my opinion, for him. I think I think he could kind of honestly kick Jorge's ass a little bit. But, yeah, that's not a bad one. Um, who has the next division? So, middleweight, I did Kaya Barallo. 
he was another guy who showed out well. His control grappling could influence your career because he went on the contender series. You know, he got a decision win. I guess Dana wasn't too impressed. He goes back on the following month, finishes the guy, gets his contract, and he, I mean, he hasn't stopped since then. Stopped a guy in Armenian uh, Petrosian in his tracks, completely dominated him, controlled him for all three rounds. I mean, Petrosian looked pretty tough coming in his fights before, and he didn't have a fucking chance fighting Barallo. And, and that division, we've seen guys like Brunson and Andre Muniz beat legitimate competitors. You know, they beat Araya Hall, Darren Till, Kevin Holland. All grappling is a strong suit. So he'll probably just, I imagine, continue that, keep climbing the ladder. Light heavyweight. Nicholas Negamarino. Nice. I'm just going to round it out following the trend of the controlled grapplers destroying their competition. I mean, he's 27 years old. He's on his sixth UFC fight already since 2019. He's only taken one loss, and he's only gotten better in the stand-up. I think everyone knew coming in that he was going to be an elite grappler, but two of his off four wins already is TKOs, so he comes in looking to improve on where he's been lacking. He uh, His last fight against Ihor Pertier, he was by far, I mean, coming in, the worst, uh, the worst striker and gets a TKO on him, so I expect him to just keep climbing the ladder. Man, Mike, you sleeping on my man's sweet dreams, Jamal Hill? I'd like Jamal Hill, but I, I, don't, I just felt like he was an obvious one. Like, he's yeah, definitely – I mean, he's already there, you know. That's fair. That's but what I thought, I mean, at least. I'm talking to be champion. Yeah, to be champion, no, I agree. He's probably the best dark horse because, I mean, he's got, like, the least, least logical path. I mean, just knocking out motherfuckers, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And fucking Ankalaev will probably be up there here shortly fighting for him. And then after that, I'd have to think Jamal Hill. He's definitely less obvious than uh, Kamzat for Walter Wade or whatever weight he's at. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, who had heavyweight? Uh, I had heavyweight. All right. Yeah, for heavyweight, I chose Curtis or Ty. Because, I mean, like, like we were saying with fucking Jamal Hill with his least logical whole knocking his way out his way up to the fucking what you call it up to the championship this this is what exactly what Ty's going to have to do and I think he's going to do Ty will be champion heavyweight here in the next two years I'm calling it dude he's knocking out fucking everyone he's going to be fucking champion Yes, sir. He's drink I don't know if it's my heart or my brain talking. Definitely my heart because <laughs> he is the least well-balanced fighter probably in the UFC. His grappling god fucking awful. But <laughs> god, I fucking love him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You heard it here first, folks. Or... And then Curtis Blades, he's the total opposite. He's the full fucking package. He's already had his shot and shit he's hungry again he was damn near on the brink of getting cut he actually did get cut and i mean it's time for him to finally make his shot way back up get some big name fights in him get it hopefully get the belt before he retires yeah i'm excited to see if what you said uh actually happens so and you best believe two years from now we'll still be talking about it. So hopefully, hopefully uh, Jeff is right. But next next question we got. Let's do our uh, top pound for pound fighters. So who wants to go first for that one? Don't matter. Uh, 
I, I, I'll go first. All right, Chef. So for my, what are we doing? Top eight? Yeah. <laughs> so for my top eight, I have Volk, Izzy, Guzman, Charles, Francis, Aljo. Shit, how many is that? Six, I think. I can't count six. All right, and then Leon and Yuri. And then right right on the brink, I have Colby. All right, I like that. I don't think I have really any arguments against that one. There's none that, like, stick. Yeah, I, I hear the big old argument about how Leon should be above Usman. Like, that's what Ariel was saying and shit. But, I mean, if you're saying that, then you might as well have fucking Nate Diaz on the pound-for-pound ranking. Because, yeah. I mean... Leon beat Usman in the same for the same amount of time as Nate Diaz beat Leon. So, yeah, I mean, like Usman was clearly the better fighter. It just happened to be that he got a little cocky and dropped his hands, and Leon caught him in the head, which most fighters that can happen to anyone. So I don't, I don't, I I agree that uh, I wouldn't put Leon above him pound for pound. Maybe um, the more confidence that Leon gets, he becomes unlocked as a fighter because he does fight a little bit on like. Just, I don't know if unconfidence a word, but he fights like he's, he's just not very confident when he fights. But maybe becoming champion will make him a more confident fighter and really unlock his potential and make him a better pound for pound fighter than Usman. But for now, I think definitely Usman's above him. Uh, Mikey, what's yours? I had uh, Volk, Izzy, Oliver, Nagano, Aljo, Leon, and Usman, six and seven. But I kind of had them interchangeable. They could either either switch the same position six or seven and then Yuri and then right on the brink the only thing I disagree about Colby is I kind of had either Robert Whitaker or Marino almost making the cut yeah I like them too at like probably nine or ten yeah just because no of, Col- of Colby's break right now I don't know I have a hard time it's the same thing with like Stipe I have a hard time like throwing him in there too just because he's been out for a while and then all Joe I'm going to keep him ahead of Leon and Usman just because Leon's a new champion right now. And I think Alger's definitely going to be Dillashaw, so there would be two title defenses. And then Oliveira and Nagano, I wasn't really sure where to pick three or four. What do you guys think? Nagano? Uh, well, I, th- I don't know. I, I think this might just be recency bias, but give me Oliveira. He's been I, on a hotter streak. Yeah, yeah, I had him at three, and then Nagano at four. Nagano can always just, like, nuke your head off, but I think, although he showed up, showed some pretty okay ground game against uh, Cyril Gon in his last fight, I think Oliveira, like, you throw him in a ring with Nganu, even though, obviously, this is pound for pound, that doesn't really matter, but if you throw Oliveira in a ring with Nganu, um, I think you can take, his, take him to the ground and just kind of win from there. So, yeah, but I... I think I actually had him on it too, so I don't know why I just argued against myself. But, you know, looking back, I might revise it a little bit. Um, mine was, yeah, I had Ngannou too. I had Volk, Francis, Izzy at three, Oliveira at four, Usman five, Amanda Nunes six, Yuri seven, and Shevchenko eight. Um, I think you put everyone down to Amanda Nunes and Shevchenko's, like even guys, you put them down to their weight. I think Nunez still gets those wins. Like she, she spars with men. Both of them spar with men. Uh, they're both so technically sound. And I think 
if they were just they're, they're complete killers i i'm big fans of them and uh yuri i like yuri a lot i he's max got the domestic violence pound for pound going on <laughs> i do um, dude, dude they... did you not have you didn't have all joe in yours i i you guys know how I feel about all Joe. Dude, dude I think ass. he, dude, I think he's gonna pop. I think he would pop Shevchenko's head off her fucking shoulders. All Joe with his lack of striking. <laughs> yeah, I think he play. might take her down. Take her down. I don't think he'd fucking do anything punching wise. She, she fucking piece him up. I'd actually put money on that. That she piece him up. He, he what do you think, Jeff? Aljo or fucking Shevchenko? I'm not saying like we're asking the hard hitting questions, dude. (laughs) Ground ground game wise, Shevchenko would do that, and that's all Aljo would do is he'd take her down slowly and then just fucking be boring. And dude, I think he gets gets her a rear naked choke and her fucking head pops off. Yeah, but I don't think I don't don't think he's popping it off uh, via punching. But whatever, I I like I'm keeping it. I don't I don't give a shit, man. Uh, Hey, it's your list. She's got. She's scary as fuck, and I and uh, I appreciate her. And um, you know, fair enough. Yuri is good. He's got a. He's got long hair. Well, one long hair that's sticks out his antenna. He actually. I'm sorry to break it to you, Max. He cut it, man. No, it's fake. He didn't cut it. It's. It doesn't. It's not. It's. It's a fucking fake thing. You didn't know that. It's like a wig or some shit. I. Is it a wig? Yeah, I Alex saw Jones is back. And MMA, MMA. <laughs> yeah, fact. MMA now on... you're on this conspiracy. Dude, no. MMA on... Ponytails, me. Dude, MMA on fight. Go look at their video about, uh, I think it's weirdest fighters in the MMA, and they talk about how Yuri, and it's his hair is fake. He just puts that fucking extension on. It's hair extensions. I don't believe that, Max. I'm sorry. Watch that video, dude. What? <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you. I don't believe it, Alex Jones. <laughs> Look Birds up. are recharging on the power God, lines. Look up, look up uh, MMA on points video of the weirdest MMA fighters. And when they talk about Yuri, they... I oh, for life. fuck's sakes. Here we go. More plates, <laughs> more dates. You guys don't watch this too, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, um, obviously, it's it's pretty obvious who's the best list, me. And uh, next, we're going to get into um, one fighter who has gained the most steam in 2022. I said Kamzat easily. There's not really any reason to to explain that one. Um, he became super well known. He he had one of the one of the best fights all year with Gilbert Burns, and he's got a fight with Nate Diaz coming up that um, I obviously love. The two the guys here don't love, but if he pieces up Nate Diaz like he's supposed to, um, he's he's on his way to a title shot, and he's had a really great 2022 so far. Uh, Mikey, who who was oh. your Oh, you know what? I actually, I actually don't like that pick, Max. Here's one reason. I feel like the Burns fight kind of like hurt him because kind of got rid of that little like fucking like dude. This guy is invincible. <laughs> this guy doesn't. I mean, he took one one punch before that fight, and then Burns took him the distance and gave him hell. So, I mean, I feel like that kind of dropped his stock this year. And then the Nate Diaz fight does absolutely nothing for him. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I feel was, like he's a number one contender with or without that fight. It's just they're just trying to fuck over Nate. That's the whole point in that fight. Yeah. But, I mean, um, the Gilbert – my only thing pushing back on that is although it showed 
well, one, it showed Kamzat what he needs to work on. Two, it showed that he can go five rounds, which we had questions about his stamina because he was nuking everyone in the first round. And then three, it showed that he can take a punch and get bloodied up and take a beating. And he really has quite the chin. So I think it answered some of the questions that we had and it showed him what he's going to work on. You know how he's what he's like. He's going to be in the gym watching that film constantly uh, fixing what he needs to fix. So I, I liked it, but that's fine. Who's you have, Jeff? Uh, for my riser, I feel like it's like blatant. It's got to be Patty the fucking Maddie, dude. He's turned into an absolute global fucking superstar. <laughs> I mean, signing to Barstool, getting two finishes <laughs> in front of his home crowd, which he was, let's be real here, he was the main event. I mean, Tom Maspinall's fucking the man and all, but he ripped everything. They were there for Patty. So, I mean, I mean, just look at after his fight, everyone posts this shit. Like, it's just, he's literally like another, like, Connor takeover. They weren't there for that fucking Scottish guy who painted his fucking face and then had the most boring fucking fight I've ever seen in my entire life and lost. <laughs> that was a load of dog shit. Fucking you don't like Mr. Paul Craig? He can go fuck himself. That was the worst fight I've ever seen Have in my you, life. Did you, ever see him break, did you ever see him break uh, Jamal Hill's arm? No, I would love to see it, though. because That just... will make you appreciate grappling. Watch, watch Jamal Hill versus Paul Craig. Dude, it was... Paul Craig clean snaps Jamal Hill's arm with a fucking... <laughs> with an arm bar. All right, I, I'll watch it. I appreciate grappling more now, but, I mean, Paul Craig was sitting on his ass in that jujitsu spot where you had, like, your yeah, little... That's... Yeah, he was pulling guard the whole time. That yeah. shit was terrible. It was terrible. Don't paint your fucking face and then pull guard the entire fight. And he was, like, not even punching. And Ozdemir was throwing nukes, and then he would get tapped and then just pull guard. So, dog shit. God, I hope you never fucking have to watch a Ryan Hall fight because he literally just fucking – what's that little role The I'm an – dude, I'm fucking butchering it. Arminari role or whatever. Sure. I don't, I don't know anybody. That Tony always does. Oh but, yeah, it's literally that's all he does for a whole fight. Oh Jesus! All right, well, bad enough I had to watch uh, what's his face fight Aldo. That was a terrible. That was just dog shit throwing him into the corner and not doing anything, kicking his knee. Real effective. Um, Mikey, who's your your uh, biggest grower? <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my <laughs> grower. <laughs> For lack of a better term, my fucking grower, Max, is uh, Shavkat Rachmanov from Uzbekistan. Nice. And here's why. He had a shit ton of hype coming in. He has four straight finishes, all of his fights. And I think he's setting himself up. I know everyone's riding the Hamzat hype train. I think that's going to be like the super title fight in like two or three years. It's going to be them two matching up with each other. Because I don't see anyone in the top ten. With everyone aging, I don't see anyone stopping Hamzat or this guy. Yeah. I'm just not seeing it. That'd be like the former Soviet fight for the ages. Um, just a lot of, you know, angry babush because we'll be watching that. I, that's, <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Uh, obviously, in three years from now, we'll be a whole lot of rooskies. Whole, whole lot of rooskies watching that shit. Um, yeah, that, that, I like that one. That's a good one. Both of those were, were good. I guess comms out wasn't so good, but whatever. Um, for a fighter who <laughs> in 2022, um, and I hate that I had to put this guy because he's one of my all-time favorite fighters. But I think for me, it's Tony Ferguson, just because um, 
obviously he was aging, but up until now, I sort of thought he was invincible uh, chin-wise. And he had that really devastating KO via Michael Chandler front kick that <laughs> made crazy memes, but he really got fucked up in that. He has an upcoming fight with the leech, which I just don't see him winning. I think that's a really tough fight that he took. And uh, he's on, I believe, a four-fight loss streak. I, it's unfortunate, but I think Tony Ferguson had a really, really tough 2022. Uh, Jeff? Yeah, what a fucking send off! What a dickhead his manager is! Like yeah, he fucking like all this shit's going on, then he puts him up against the fucking leech. Yeah, terrible. Uh, I'm. That being said, I'm I'm hammering leech by KO, but uh, I love Tony. <laughs> Am I the only fucking stooge that kind of liked Tony in that fight? Yes. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> he why. Must be. Yeah, going up watch. in weight, but uh, everything's stacked against him, and I feel like this is when Tony thrives. <laughs> Dude, his chin doesn't. He's he's got so much CTE. I just don't think like he only got so many knockouts in you. I think I think he, he's gonna get KO. I mean, he he really only got knocked out once, really. Which I know, was but fucking there's a lot fight. Of, there's a, there's fighters though that once they get knocked out, like yeah, that's where the knockouts start coming more often. Uh, that's yeah, nice. but and Leach's guy. I mean, if you're worried for him, then you might as well be worried for Usman as well. I was. I fucking said I, I, I before. <laughs> before I still, I said I wanted him. To no, lose. I'm talking about like now going into the rematch. Yeah, I mean, Ariel Awani's mentioned it. Like they don't know what he's going to look like coming back because that was a pretty vicious KO, and he could change. Um, he's a little bit older. I mean, he's not super old. He's relatively in his prime. He's like 34, but he could. Uh, Usman, I'm talking about, could you know, have a weaker chin now that he got the shit kicked out of his head. So it's always a possibility. You never know until he's in the cage. Yeah. Not um, to mention he's a fucking meme. Yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe if he's not on EPO when he fights, he might get knocked out easier. I don't know. Um, Jeff, Here we go. <laughs> the frogs are gay. All right. Well, who's your biggest loser? My, my biggest loser, I mean, I don't know if I can really call him a loser, but... Not a loser. Black. Max Holloway. Oh. I mean, he got absolutely fucking dominated, and he's not even going to fight for the interim belt, probably. I mean, he, he's just going to be a gatekeeper or, or fucking Volk. He's just going to be known as Volk's fucking... Watching back? Volk's fucking... Yeah, literally. I mean, he's... One of the greats ever, but there's always going to be that shadow of Volk now. Yeah, that's that he can never get past. I yeah. mean, he's had one of the most wonderful careers. Fucking fought one of the greatest battles, broke the craziest fucking records. But I mean, there's just that fucking blemish now forever. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one, uh, Mikey. Yeah, mine is uh, as heartbreaking as it is to say, and I think. Um, Jeff will probably might be in denial of this. <laughs> the only the only the person who might be in more denial of anything is like Skip Bayless or LeBron still. But I'm gonna have <laughs> to say fucking uh, Derek Lewis. It's done for him. And not only is it done for him because of age and shit, but Jesus Christ, dude, when you look at just the hecticness of the top five in heavyweight right now, like if he would have won, maybe even won. If definitely, if not both of his last two fights, he could have probably gotten an interim title shot or an actual title shot again. Like, he's a fan favorite, which already propels you pretty fucking high. I mean, look at Sugar Sean right now. And 
I mean, they're not – maybe he goes up and – I don't know. He really just blew a fucking golden opportunity, I think, at a pivotal point in his career to either make or break it, and he broke. Yeah, I – Jeff, I'll let you have the floor, actually. Yeah, I mean, him and Joanna, I will always hold fucking – that <laughs> that crazy like, dude, I'm still holding hope that she fucking comes back and wins the championship somehow. <laughs> yeah, she looks so happy dude, in her retirement, but I dude, I, her her and Derek, I will always fucking I will always hammer no matter what. So they're they're the ones who got me into this shit and I will always rock with them until they're out. <laughs> well, uh Derek's about to be out. I hate to break <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no All doubt. Right. Um, okay, and then last I'm still hammering his ass 50 bees on him. Uh, I hope he's a dog again. Don't let <laughs> you him hope? Do it. I think he will be. I think he, I don't think you have to hope too bad. I think he's do it. I, I already got dude, they gave me that taste not too long ago with Dawkus. <laughs> dude, <laughs> that was months that me a year ago or something like that. It is a year yeah. ago, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that dude, that was a big win for me. <laughs> Big yeah. win for me and my delusional Derek Lewis loving self. Dude, I was a uh, I was a cook when that happened, and I was work I was in the kitchen, uh, and I made sure that I I like offered to do dishes, and I was sitting in the dish pit watching on my phone, and I went fucking nuts when Lewis pulled that one out. Um, Dude, I think I won like three hundred beans on Lewis that night. He was a dog for some reason. I was like, no fucking way. I remember the fucking Malal Muhammad Stephen Thompson fight before that. That was a fucking dog shit fight. But uh yeah, the Derek Lewis one was a good one. I was excited for that one. They were talking Dawkins up and he he got nuked. It was pretty sad for him. Um all right last one real quick is um which KO if any is more shocking than Leon's KO of Usman. Um, I'm, I want to go last on this one. So, Jeff, you you first. Uh, I I don't know if I could really. I mean, I don't think there's ever going to be one as shocking. But I'm I'm just going to shed some light on my favorite finish for this year. And my favorite finish has got to be Molly's knockout, dude. Which Molly's one? first spinning knockout on fucking Carolina. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Luana Carolina. Dude, yeah. that fucking spinning elbow in front of that huge fucking crowd to fucking to set up the fucking oh patty to that just to be the appetizer for that fucking for what you call it for Patty's fight and just the energy that she brought to that fight and the energy that was going on in that arena. Dude, that was just so fucking electric and easily knockout of the year if the Usman knockout didn't happen. Solid one for sure. I like it. Mikey? Um, I'm going to touch on both. So the only knockout I ever remember even being close is when Silva obviously fucking put his hands behind his back and Weidman crossed him. Yeah, like That's the only other one I remember. that might, And maybe when McGregor beat Aldo just because it started like a fucking legacy. But – uh. That's yeah. the only other, only two I could think of. But my favorite one of the year, I think it's going to be Moreno's fucking finish on Car of France. And it was really disappointing for, I think, all three of us. I don't think any three of us wanted to see that. But, dude, it's been the first time in probably two years I felt like we were finally going to see someone who wasn't fucking Moreno or Figueredo fight for the title. Like, we were finally getting to fucking see it. And he just took the life and soul out of everyone, all the fans, 
Adam Car France at a city kickboxing. Holy shit. Yeah, that what was a, what a fucking liver kick. Yeah, that was a liver kick. That uh that was a tough one. I, I like that pick too. Um so I had one. Mine was it was the most shocking for me until the Leon one happened. I still think the as we all do that the Leon one was the most shocking one in UFC history. Um but before the Leon one happened, the most shocking one for me was the Michael Chandler uh, upkick KO of Tony Ferguson. I remember screaming a lot and being completely surprised that that happened. And uh, yeah, I wasn't super excited about it, obviously, because I like uh, Ferguson. But, you know, I, I mean, I was super excited about it, but I wasn't super content with what it, I think I had money on Ferguson, too. Um, probably a dumb decision. Chandler's a really good fighter, but... Yeah, that was fucking nuts. Crazy, crazy KO. Um, I like watching the. I, I still show people the slow-mo picture of his face all smushed. Um, crazy. But yeah, that's going to do it for this segment. Um, this was a really fun one. And coming up, we're going to be doing a UFC review of the upcoming UFC fight night, Cyril uh, Gahan versus Tai Tuavisa. So stay tuned. Alrighty, we're back. Uh, we're going to be reviewing the UFC fight night, Cyril Gahan versus Tai Tuavisa. I'm not sure where this one's happening, but it's going to be a good one. Uh, the card is an absolute banger. I'm really excited for this fight and this card as a whole. Um, first fight I just want to talk about is Benoit Saint-Denis versus Gabriel Miranda. Benoit Saint-Denis has a pretty crazy backstory. Uh, he's from France. He fought in this military unit that's basically the equivalent of the American Navy SEALs. So he's an absolute killer. His last fight... He fought Nicholas Stolze. Stolze, I um I had money on Stolze, and he was beating the shit out of Benoit Saint Denis pretty bad. I thought he was gonna lose, and then Benoit just like bit down on the mouth guard, powered through, and uh, took Stolze's legs, and then ended up submitting him and got a good win. I just I think you guys should be on the lookout for uh, Benoit Saint Denis. He's an absolute killer. He has got a he's got a crazy chin. Most of those guys in the military can take a beating, i.e. Connor Matthews. Um, he was, you know, special forces in the Air Force, and he took a fucking beating in the Dana White Contender Series fight, and he went the distance. So I think it's worth mentioning that Benoit can take a beating and that this is going to be a pretty good fight. Um, next fight we should highlight is our boy, Dustin Stoltzfus, one of our favorites in, the, in whatever card he fought on, uh, known for his just horrific footwork um probably fell down the most of any fighter um unrelated to anyone striking him just you know throwing punches and falling um can speak fluent german even though he's from like tennessee or or well pennsylvania by he's way. from pa baby uh, yeah, lancaster yeah, yeah, Amish, from, yeah. the dane town baby yeah, so then he went, <laughs> and then he went to like middle tennessee or some shit and then now he's in germany um He's actually fighting a German guy, but this guy's not fucking German. Abu, no, he's he's Dagestani. Yeah, Mag- Magomedov. He's definitely Dagestani, but uh, this is gonna be a straight grappling match. But we just had to we had to talk about our boy Stoltzfus. Uh, Order up the fucking shoe five pies no and the doubt. fucking potato salad, dude. Order him the fuck up. We're supporting dude. this motherfucker. I'm gonna hopefully he changes his nickname to fucking Dutch Wonderland, dude. That'd be <laughs> yeah. sick. <laughs> dude i'm so glad you guys know dutch wonderland because i used to go there when i was a kid obviously jeff with our grandparents and uh fucking no one where i'm from knows what i'm talking about they all think i'm making it up 
So that's a cool <laughs> um, Dude, Stolfus is Dutch Wonderland. He is dude. Dutch Wonderland. His fighting is fucking so entertaining to watch. Oh, I love him. I love so him. fucking Amish. And his fucking um is so Amish. And his uh his post-fight interviews were great. He just yelled a lot. Um he had a terrible fight. I don't know how he won that. It, I'm I'm so excited to watch this one. Um, he picked up that dude and threw him. That was insane. Dude, so, Dave Batista fucking power bombed him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But dragged him to the middle of the ring and all. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's gonna be crazy. Gonna what be a awesome. gremlin! Um, obviously, if he's fighting a Dagestani fighter, it's gonna be wrestling and Stoltz foot spurt and butters fighting. Obviously, because he can not throw much uh, stand up wise. So. It's going to be a classic wrestling match, but I'm excited to watch it. <coughs> Next fight, Nathaniel Wood versus Charles Jordan. Charles Jordan is uh, famous for that Sparta kick, throwing that guy across the ring. Um, both these guys fought not too long ago. Uh, Charles Jordan, in his fight, he lost a pretty close – was it split? It was a pretty close decision loss um, against Shane, Shane Borgos. Yeah, it was split. I think it was split, yeah. yeah. And uh, they both like knocked each other out in in the fight and still kept going. So these guys are complete fucking brawlers, and there's gonna be some nucks being chucked for sure. <laughs> super excited! <laughs> I'm super excited to see that. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Um, and yeah, it'll be a great fight. Next, Dude, one. you, Valentina Shevchenko, and Alex Jones. I don't fucking know what's going on. <laughs> I have COVID, dude. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You know, <laughs> dude, that COVID brain got you crazy. Brain's got me going, dude. Um, <laughs> fuck. All right, next one that we're gonna talk about: Robert Whitaker versus Mar- Marvin Vittori. I got my boy Whitaker in this one. What? How about you guys? Yeah, I think I'm hoping Whitaker, but it's probably going to be Marvin Vittori fucking grappling fucking snooze fest for five rounds. Or is it five rounds or or fucking three? I think it's five. Oh. Yeah. It's it's going to be a fucking absolute snooze fest, I feel. I feel like Marvin Vittori is just going to drag him down and fucking control grapple him for a whole fucking – for a whole John, it's – it's not going to be great unless Robert fucking pieces him up and knocks him the fuck out and fucking makes his name as the greatest fucking gatekeeper of all time next to Max Holloway. You get yourself a little fucking, we'll see parlay, a tie to a visa, Robert Whitaker parlay. That's pretty good odds right there. I'm thinking, but not no takers on that. (laughs) I'm liking it. There you go. <laughs> um, Mikey, do you think Robert Whitaker has what it takes? I fucking hope he does. But for fuck's sakes, can we see Pereira beat fucking Izzy if that's the case? Because I don't want to watch Robert get thrown into another shitty position. And I really don't want to watch Adesanya beat the shit out of Vittori again. So, honestly, if Izzy wins, I don't give a fuck who wins this fight. Fair. Um, all right, next fight, Cyril Gaon versus Tied to Avisa. We know who Jeff's going for. Um but I think I think <laughs> I think it's gonna be Cyril gone. But uh, you know, <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm rocking with my boy Ty Tuivasa, dude. He's an absolute dog. I mean, he he could be the biggest winner of this year. Also, honestly, if you're thinking about it, he's had a great rise. He's 
honestly has leveled up more than any fighter I've ever seen. Like, just like within a small amount of time, he's fucking. He was damn near getting cut. He was a fucking early prelim fighter, and now he's fucking main eventing versus a guy who just had the interim fucking belt. So, I mean, he's not a. I mean, he's something real exciting, and I feel like we've seen this fucking breed of fighter dominate before and fucking do real good, especially in kickboxing. We've seen Mark Hunt become a kickboxing world champion, and Cyril Gaon is only kickboxing. So, I mean, they're going to stand and bang, and Ty Dewey Vasa fucking stands and bangs, dude. They stand and bang. It's Ty's game, I think. Um, they're definitely standing and banging. There's no doubt about it. No get you a fucking VB long and get you in fucking chug it, you know, you fucking Aussie. I can't wait. Um, Mikey, what? how do you feel about this fight? I think I'm with you guys. I think I'm going to roll with Ty, too. I, I, I don't, I'm not really sure, though. I'm not saying that confidently at all. I'm, I'm hoping so very much because, like Jeff said, he – yeah, he wins this. He's easily the biggest winner this year because with Aspinall going down for God knows how long, at least a year, I mean, it'll be between him or Razor Blades for the title. So, <laughs> be the biggest winner yeah. of the year. He gets this win. He's, I mean, he showed up when it mattered. He fucking crushed Eric Lewis. So, that's no small feat. Yeah. And he's the only fucking heavyweight making a name for himself outside of fucking the UFC. I mean, he's actually popular a little bit outside of UFC. Dude, maybe even in the UFC. I mean, it's kind of getting fucking lackadaisical for, like, the top 12. Yeah, they just, they don't fucking talk. They don't. It's so fucking annoying. Any one of them could fucking be number one contender, but none of them talk. And Cyril Gaon, I that's another fighter I kind of hate. Because he, he has all the skills to be a champion, but he doesn't give a fuck about being champion. And it's just annoying. Like, yeah. why are you even fighting? Why are you not trying to win a belt? I don't when know. he fucking lost to Derek, when he, I mean, not Derek, fucking Francis Ngannou, he should have been talking his way back into a rematch instantly, dude. And he just, he literally went radio silent for months. It's just annoying as shit. I really don't like Cyril Gaon. <laughs> I can tell. Well, we're going to play that. I'm going to play that Aussie parlay then. And with that, I'm going to play us out with a classic Aussie video. If you're a fucking fair dignum, fucking full-grown Aussie, this is what you'd have for breakfast, you fucking dog cunts. A fucking CB. Let's get it. A fucking VB long neck. We're going to fucking dude, crush him. That COVID's got your brain like wet cement, dude. <laughs> I love that. I love that clip. All right. We're playing, we're playing the uh, the Aussie Aussie parlay and we're crushing some VB long necks after we after they get it. All right. Thank you all for listening. That's been another episode of the Uppercut Podcast. And we'll be back with a review preview episode coming up later this week.